This is M.I.P. With Masamela Mafuma. Mark Thompson. Get woke. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Ladies and gentlemen, we're joined by a representative from the Council of Economic Advisors for the White House. Carabo Jackson, Brother Jackson, happy Black History Month. Thank you so much. Same to you. It's a pleasure to have you. Big jobs numbers. Bigger than the past few months. What's going on? That's right. So in January, we added 353,000 jobs. As you're alluding to, the expected level was somewhere around 150. So we got quite a bit more than people expected. In addition, they actually did a revision of once they got more data of what the jobs numbers were for December. And that was actually also revised up offers of 300,000. So the past three months have seen very large, large numbers of new jobs added. In fact, if you looked at 2023 overall, once you account for these revisions, we added 3 million jobs, 3.1 million jobs in 2023. So these are strong numbers and really is indicative of, a, of an economy that is really just humming along. You look at this in conjunction with the last report that we got for GDP, GDP grew last year at 3.1%. The last reading for the fourth quarter was 3.3%. So this is all really indicative of an economy that is growing. We're creating more jobs. And in addition, we're generating real wage gains for the American worker. Overall compensation, it was went up by about 2.4% in real terms. That's above and beyond inflation. So wages are growing faster than inflation. So people's pocketbooks are looking a little bit better, be able to buy more stuff with each paycheck. So this is all indicative of broad overall growth that is being enjoyed by, by all Americans. Is there something about the past three months, though, in particular, that has created this boom and the revisions up even? Well, the revisions is a technical thing about when we get more and more data. But your other question is, why, what's going on in the past six months why have you seen this acceleration? And it's a good question. I think there are, there are a few things that happened, one of, one of which is we've been stabilizing the economy after the massive disruptions that we saw during COVID. And a lot of that has to do with we, the Biden administration. Once they first came in, they had a task force to deal with supply chain issues. Um, they'll also have a new one to deal with supply chain resilience. So once we've unsnarled the supply chain, that really opened up the possibility for a renewed economic activity. In addition to that, a lot of legislation that was passed when President Biden first came in, such as the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law, the Inflation Reduction Act, a lot of those policies, they started before, but those are going to be ramped up over a number of years. So I think we're starting to see some of the fruits of that labor as well, worn out in these data. For example, manufacturing is an area where we're seeing some accelerated job growth beyond the kinds of numbers we typically see in the past. So I think some of it has to do with the just unsnarling of supply chains, but it's also some improvement just due to the, in, the investments that the Biden administration has made 
into infrastructure and crowding in private investment. And how is this impacting the African-American community? Do Are our jobs numbers still ever growing? That's a great question. The first thing I'd point out in the latest report was that the unemployment rate for, for African-Americans remains low. In 2023, the average, average rate was 5.5% which is the lowest that it's ever been since they started recording these data. So this is, this is good news for the overall economy, and it's good news for African-Americans in particular. And part of that is due to the fact that one of the areas that we're seeing some of the strongest job growth, specifically in the past year, has been in the sort of the care economy. We're seeing a lot of growth in education. We're seeing growth in healthcare. And these are sectors that, that employ large numbers of African-Americans, African-American women in particular. So that's, all, that's part of what's going on there. I think the other thing I'll point out is a lot of the Think the administration has also made some concerted efforts to really make sure that the gains that we have in this economy are enjoyed by everybody. In particular, there have been investments done. There's been sort of efforts by the Small Business Administration to support small business, particularly what we call disadvantaged business enterprises. A large chunk of those are African-American-owned businesses. Also, there's efforts to provide technical assistance to allow minority-owned businesses to apply for government contracts. All of that is leading to improved outcomes for African-Americans. In fact, if you look at the data, there's a record number of uh, business owned, Black-owned businesses have been created under the Biden administration than we've seen in the past. So overall, I think it's a very strong picture for the economy, which is being enjoyed by everyone, African-Americans and the, and the broader American public. Keith Boykin posted this morning that last year, was the first time ever the black unemployment never rose above 6%. Over black unemployment rate by president, the worst ever was 21.2% under Reagan. The second worst was 16.9% black unemployment under Trump in 2020. But the best ever was 4.6% last year under Joe Biden. So those are some pretty decent numbers. Let me ask you this. What does the Council of Economic Advisors, what economic advice is the council giving to the president as of this day to keep this trend moving forward? And is it likely we've been in the 200,000 range monthly? Uh, is it likely we'll st stay above 200 and stay in the 300, almost 400 range in the months ahead? So it's a good question. I can't speak to what, what advice is being given, but I will say one of the things we always look at is wage growth. So the number of jobs that are being added, as a general rule of thumb, we typically think that if you are adding, if the economy is adding about 100,000 jobs, then we're keeping up with overall population growth. So when we're seeing numbers in the two or 300 range, that means that we're in a great economy that's generally growing. A lot of what's driving that growth is consumer, is basically consumer spending. So we're in an economy right now that people are spending, which means they're probably feeling comfortable. They're spending, but that's basically generating profits for businesses and they keep on hiring. So we're in a, we're in a situation where everything, everything is working in tandem. We have strong consumer spending, strong job growth, strong wage growth as well, which is generated by the overall broad macroeconomic picture, which is a healthy one. So the, the task at hand for everyone is really to keep this going. And this is a partnership between the Biden administration coming from the top, partnership with small businesses, local government, and also workers, the American worker. We're all working together to, to keep this engine going. And you know, within a broader perspective, I just want to make clear that we should be very proud of the economy we have. If we look at how our colleagues are doing across the pond in Europe, we've had about twice as much economic growth in percentage terms than they have since the onset of the pandemic. It's something that really should be applauded. Yeah. You, you said you're, lastly, you said you're not, you can't share the advice that's given. 
but you all do give advice, obviously. And can you give us, though, however, a ballpark of the kinds of things that are most concerning to the council? Are there one or two even small things, details, that you all can say if they are improved where we can ease on down the road? One thing I would say is, you know, President Biden's agenda is very much about having strong, robust growth that is enjoyed by all Americans. All of the things that President Biden has tried to do has been tried to not just to have a broad, not just to have a large number, like having 2.1% GDP growth, which is very strong, but also making sure that growth is enjoyed by all Americans. That's why there's a lot of policies right now, place-based policies, to go into communities that have historically been had like low levels of employment due to the decline in manufacturing, to go into those areas and invest in those areas. There's job hub programs to invest in these areas to make sure that the federal government is providing the resources not only to pay for jobs there, but to crowd in private investment into areas that historically may have been underserved to make sure that the gains from all this economic growth is enjoyed by all Americans. And that's something that President Biden has always really wanted to do. And we're definitely, basically, we are part and parcel part of that effort. Robert Jackson of the Council of Economic Advisors in the White House, big jobs numbers, again, wages growing, all good news. And as he said, doing better than many of our international allies coming out of the pandemic. I think we're at a place where we can say this is a full recovery. We're, can we say that we're no longer in recovery from the pandemic? We have fully recovered. Is that, I know you all economists have certain thresholds to meet to say that, but is that, can you say that? Can we say that? Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to put any labels on anything, but what I will say is this, we are now seeing economic growth that is consistent with a strong economy. We're seeing, un, we've seen sustained unemployment that is consistent with a, an economy that is growing in a robust, stable way. So we're no longer, but you're right, we're no longer in the phase of just coming back from the recession or sort of coming back from the pandemic. We're in a position where we're, we have stable, sustained economic growth. And I think that's definitely consistent with what we're seeing. Yes. Parabo Jackson, White House Council of Economic Advisors. Thank you as always, sir. Happy Black History Month to you. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, we're joined by a dear friend, the director of governmental affairs for the White House, Tom Perez, former secretary of labor as well, former assistant attorney general for civil rights. Tom, how are you? And I know you yourself had a relationship with the Black Eagle, Joe Madison. Don't forget Sherry. And Sherry. <laughs> Absolutely. In every relationship with Joe, would I have a relationship with Sherry? That's right. They were, they were a package deal. And I went on his show Oh, at least twice a month when I was labor secretary and after that as well. And I remember being down in Memphis with Joe when we marked the anniversary of Dr. King's assassination in 2018, that would have been. And boy, what a man of character, principle, accomplishment. He told it like it was. And the, that journey to form a more perfect union, he, he helped us form that more perfect union. And I hope he is at peace. The last few months of his life were especially challenging. And my prayers go out to his family. And it's hard to replace a guy like Joe Madison. Yeah. No, you can't. And you can't really even try. And also meaningful messages from the president and the vice president as well 
so we're all thankful for that. Thank you. Thank you, Tyler. Amen. Keep the family lifted up and pray. Joe and I worked together over 30 years. So it has been quite a journey. God bless him. Yeah. Uh, and I know he's looking down on us to talk about this good news. <laughs> yep. he and he'd be saying, Tom, tell me about the numbers and tell me what they're doing for black people. And right. so okay. why don't we... Why don't we do we'll that? pretend it's three of us here today. That's right. But let me ask you this first. I think he'd ask this question. This is a reminder for the audience. When did you become director of intergovernmental affairs? When did you rejoin the White House? When was that? We joined the White House last summer, day after 4th of July, actually. Okay. So then we can say this trajectory in numbers has occurred since you've been there and you have a lot to do with the responsibility. <laughs> I've always liked Mark Thompson, too. I want the listeners to know, and now I like him even more. You know what? I do, I do like Joe Biden because you look at where we are now and where we've been the last month, another month of strong gains. So we saw over 350,000 jobs last month, 3.1 million last year. The America's economy, I think, is the strongest economy in the world right now. 14.8 million jobs created under President Biden. Now, the unemployment rate, and the thing I said to you when we would do these, and I'd say it to Joe every first Friday of the month is, don't look at just one month. Like when I, had, when I used to be a trial lawyer, Mark, if you had a bad day in court, you never got too down. If you had one good day, you never got too up because if a trial is 40 days, you want to look at the whole trend data. That's the same thing in numbers here with unemployment. And these job numbers, when I tell you that we've now been under 4%, for two full years, which is the longest stretch in half a century, that's a trend. That's the definition of a trend. And you look at 3.1 million jobs gained last year. That's a major trend. Uh, you look at, uh, this is a fact, 2.6 million more Black Americans have jobs under Joe Biden's leadership. When he took office, the unemployment rate for Black people were was 9.3%. It's now down to 5.3%. And the black-white employment gap, which is something you and I discussed more than once, we want it to be zero. Um, it's not. But it has fallen. That gap has fallen to its lowest level on record last year. That's a big deal. And you look at the share of, of black people in the workforce, it's at its highest level in roughly a decade. And, and that's a fancy way of saying, like, there are a lot of folks who didn't enter the market. They were discouraged. They just didn't think that the job market had something for them that they could add value on. And we're changing that. And it's this is not chance. This isn't, there's, when I was in graduate school, you talk about correlation or causation. This is causation. The American Rescue Plan, the bipartisan infrastructure bill, the president's focus on equity, did an executive order early on in his tenure, Mark, that said, all these investments that we have to make to climb out of this pandemic, we're going to make them through an equity lens. Make sure that when we're doing bridge projects, like the one in the one of the biggest infrastructure projects is the Brent Spence Bridge connecting Cincinnati with Northern Kentucky. And we're not only putting people to work there, but one of the things we're doing is when they built that bridge decades ago, 60 years ago, they built it right through the black community in Cincinnati. And part of the reconstruction of the Brent Spence Bridge is to make sure 
that we address that inequity that we created 60 years ago. We've got a lot more work to do, and I'm acutely aware of that. Joe Biden's acutely aware of that, but boy, we've made a ton of progress, and we're going to keep fighting. What do we know about this? these latest numbers? We've been in the 200,000 range for the past few months, which has been okay. But to jump up to 358, what is it that we know about this month or these past couple of months that made everything back up even more? And not coincidentally, the three sectors, manufacturing, construction, healthcare. We got an infrastructure bill out there. And you know what? It's creating a lot of construction jobs. We're building back here in America. The outsourcing has now become... That, now that's not a term you hear much anymore because we're building things here. The Chips and Science Act, we're building those microchips that we use in virtually everything. The cell phone you use, just about everything you use, you need a chip. And those used to be made mostly in the U.S. And now we're doing that again. So th this is not, it doesn't take a, a PhD economist to figure out why this is happening. We're, the president made some robust investments and those investments are bearing fruit. And they're going to continue to, by the way, Mark. You look at where we are in terms of implementation of the bipartisan infrastructure bill, and we've, we have begun in earnest, but we have a long way to go. And that's good news for workers and good news for communities. Yeah, no, it, it most certainly is. So are you anticipating the monthly numbers will remain at this high level? I think well, we do. Yeah. And when the weather starts to change, too, yeah. you, this is about unemployment rate, folks, as you all know, it's about those who participate, those who are actually out there looking. Those numbers could remain high if people get, get back out there. Yeah. I mean, we again, we had remarkable numbers last month. And by the way, what happens every jobs report is they go back to the previous two months and they revise those numbers because... Those numbers are chefs, a snapshot in time, and they always get revised because you get more data after the reporting period. So sometimes the revision takes those numbers up. Sometimes the revisions take those numbers down. This particular note, this particular report, which captured the last two months, it took the numbers up by another couple hundred thousand jobs. And I, I don't have a crystal ball about what's going to happen next month. But again, we've now gone two full years with an unemployment rate below 4%. And that's the longest stretch in half a century. I'm bullish about the job market here. And I'm bullish about the job market for really every sector. But I'm, when I see the decline in the Black unemployment rate, those, that's one of the first numbers I look at, the Black unemployment rate, the Hispanic unemployment rate. And I want to see the gulf between those rates, the gap between those rates and the white unemployment rate. And we're moving that in the right direction. Our equity agenda is really starting to bear fruit. Yeah. And moving in a better direction historically. Folks, the worst ever Black unemployment rate was 21.2% in 1983 under Ronald Reagan. The second worst was 16.9% in 2020 under Trump, even though he claims he brought the Black unemployment rate down. The best ever was last year, we'll recall, 2023, 4.8% under the Biden administration. And as you mentioned, Tom, the current is 5.3. 2023, uh, is my understanding, was the first year that the Black unemployment rate did not go above 6%. The 
first time in history. Correct. It's pretty significant. Right. No. And again, you know what that means? Black wealth goes up and black wealth is up a record 60% since 2020 after accounting for inflation. The black wealth gap is at its narrowest level in nearly 20 years. We still have work to do. I'm not oblivious to that. But again, you want to look at the trend data. You look at the share of black families who own businesses. It's more than doubled since 2019. So we're really, we're moving forward. We're acutely aware and nobody's more aware than the president and the vice president that we have much more work to do here. But at the same time, we're doing work in other areas, Mark, and these are areas of real concern to the communities. And that is in the healthcare setting. You know that diabetes touches everyone. It disproportionately touches black and brown communities. And thanks to the president and no thanks to Republicans because they oppose this, every one of them, $35 a month cap on your insulin. You talk to folks and ask them what they were paying before that. It was, it's what people pay in rent and mortgage. They had an insulin mortgage. That's not who we are. You saw the Affordable Care Act statistics a couple of weeks ago, Mark. We had about 12, 13 million enrolled under, at the beginning of the administration, we're now over 21 million people enrolled in the ACA. And by the way, Donald Trump has vowed that if he's elected, he's going to repeal the ACA again. Put 21 million people on the street in terms of their health insurance. And we should acknowledge, folks, that 21 million isn't just in quote-unquote blue states either. These are states that many consider red, states that Trump won. That means that everyone sees the benefit of the ACA taking advantage. That's everybody. Yeah, no, the ACA has, I think, been the most important addition to our nation's um, social compact, if you will, since Medicare and Medicaid. You think about the major things that have happened in the last 100 years or so, obviously the New Deal, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid in the 60s, Obamacare now, and those Social Security, obviously, in the 30s, minimum wage, things like that. That's how we... That's how we're making sure that people have a fair shake. And, and folks, Tom's not on the political side, but these are objective facts. So I'll just say this as carefully as I can. There's a lot of misinformation out there about things that are and are not happening and what other people have done and are going to do. But this is the lowest consistent run, the lowest percentage of Black unemployment in history over this past year. That's just a fact. So people need to understand that as they're thinking and making decisions and being swayed by social media and certain celebrities and rappers about other stuff. This is the reality. So I'll just say that there. I won't say much more than that because, as I said, that's not the hat Tom can wear right now. But, my brother, thank you for that good news as we begin this Black History Month. And happy Black History Month to you, man. Happy Black History Month to you and your listeners. And the best thing we can do to make One of the best things we can do to make Black History Month a great month to celebrate is to continue the progress we're making here. I know that's the case for the president. He knows that when we put people to work, that's what it's all about. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Tom Perez, Director of the Office of Intergovernmental Affairs in the White House. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Folks, this January jobs report 
is pretty decent here to tell us all about it. Who else but our regular guest when it comes to the monthly jobs report. He's the chief economist at Center on Budget and Policy Priorities, centeronbudget.org. Chad Stone. Chad, how are you, buddy? I'm well, Mark. How are you? It's fine. Always glad to have you. So these numbers, the headline number yep. was the 353. There's some details to that, the 353,000 jobs. Over the past few months, we've been looking at stuff in the 200s. So that yep. alone, impressive. But the fact of the matter is that there's there have been some revisions. You've always talked to us about revisions and what revisions mean and how they work. Not only revisions in the past few months, but revisions relative to the year, I think, 2023, which make everything look a lot brighter. In many ways, yes. The, it's too complicated to go into in great detail, but every January jobs report on the payroll side, we're talking about how many jobs did employers add. The, the Bureau of Labor Statistics that, that does the data goes back and looks at data from March of the year just ended. And they look at the data that's collected on unemployment insurance collections, unemployment tax collections by, by employers. And that's, so you, we have, usually we have a sample of, of employers. This is basically a, almost a complete census of employers. And so you're getting, you're finding out how many people they had on their payroll in March, asking almost every establishment in the universe of, of, of U.S. producers. And that information is used to what they call a re-benchmark the whole series to say, okay, so if, if, the, if the count would add 100,000 jobs to the total in March, then you carry that forward and you push it back a little bit. That's one thing that was going on is the annual benchmark revisions based on one month's full count of jobs and extrapolating from that to the, to the other data. So there's, I forget how many, there's a few hundred thousand jobs, a few hundred thousand establishments in the, in the normal monthly one. And this is just a much bigger number. So better data, but it's only one month and you extrapolate from it forward and backward. And also they changed some other technical things on the payroll employment side. We did get 350,000, 353,000 jobs in the latest data. The difference between December, between January and December, it was 353,000 jobs, which is a large number of jobs, very big number of jobs. So the last November, December, and January were blockbuster job days. So the economy, the labor market is not slowing down. And the unemployment rate remained constant at a low 3.7%. It's the, it's been 20, 26 or 27 weeks that, uh, that it's been below. The unemployment rate's been below 4%, which is also quite low. So that's just really good news on the, on the jobs market. Now, now to be clear, the 353, 353,000 is still specifically for January. There are all the adjustments, yeah. for other, but this yes. is still exclusive to January so far that we know. It's the change, it's the change in January from the revised December numbers. So December might've gotten changed from what it was when it was first reported, but basically, yes, it, it applies primarily to the January. No. So, and, so it still means something significant was going on. Yes. January. Yes. Any idea what that might have been? What made that 
big difference in January? That's not entirely clear. It may be, I'm going to say the words, seasonal adjustment. Normally, so we know that from December to January, lots of people leave, lots of jobs disappear. All the holiday season jobs disappear. On average, every year, 2.6 million jobs disappear between December and January, raw, a raw count of jobs, 2.6 million. So to know that, and that's normal every year, some number like that. But you never hear that there's a 2.6 million job loss because what the data, what the Bureau of Labor Statistics does to, with the data is it says, what we're going to do is see if there's anything unusual happening. And so if the actual change from, it, from December of 2023 to January of 2024 is, is 300-some thousand more than the normal 2.6 million, offsetting the 2.6 million loss, then um, the seasonal adjustment is taken into account and you say, okay, what's actually going on relative to what is always going to happen in, in December to January. And that was that there were 350,000 fewer losses, which translates into the, to, to the number 300, 353, 353,000 jobs gained after seasonal adjustment. Because we don't want a whole bunch of up and down numbers that reflect what's going on every year. We want to know what kind of trend is going against the normal. And so when the economy is expanding, you get positive numbers. And when the economy is contracting, you get negative numbers. But this is a long way of saying it's understandable why they do the seasonal adjustment, but seasonal adjustment is hard to do. And some people are saying part of the 353,000 may be that we didn't get the seasonal adjustment right. But all that said, it's a big number, even if it should be a little bit smaller. It's still a big number. The job market is still very strong. We know that from the, from the household side as well, that the unemployment rate is still 3.7, which has been for three months now. So it's been under four for all of, for two years. Those are all good jobs numbers and labor market numbers. So, so I know I've asked you what could have been some of the factors, but now going forward, what is the possibility? that numbers like this will continue to be as high. That's a pretty big deal. You get almost 400,000 jobs in a month. I, I, think, I think most of us who think about these data are not expecting numbers that high to continue. But maybe 200,000, that's a, that's a large number for an economy that's operating at full employment. That's a lot of job creation, 200,000. Normally, it would be just to keep up with the growth in the, in the prime age working force, to, to make sure that the, pop, the population of potential workers is growing at a certain rate, to keep up with that, you only need about 70 or 80,000 jobs a month. So we've been doing better than that. Yeah, yeah. Black unemployment rate by president. Yep. Worst ever, 1983, 21.2% Ronald Reagan. Second worst, 16.9% 2020 under Trump. Best ever, 4.8%, which is in 2023 under Biden. The current is 5.3%, 2022 
And so 2023 is now the last year. It was 6%. No, go ahead. Last year was the first time ever that Black unemployment, according to this, never rose above 6% for the first time. It was 6% in February of 2020, just before before the, the pandemic recession started. And it's been in the fives for quite some time now. So that's a significant step. So these things are happening. We have, I, speaking to administration officials, I asked them if since the pandemic, we could actually use the words full recovery. And they don't like to put labels on stuff, but I've got it. He said it. He said, yeah, this is full recovery. And it's accurate. That's we are. Now, in your analysis, let me just share this with the audience. Payroll employment in this January 2024 is 5.4 million jobs greater than in February 2020. Right. Just before the pandemic. Okay. This is the 24th consecutive month. The unemployment rate has been below four percent. Yep. Labor force participation rate is doing what so all of this is just all it's all working. Yeah. The uh, yeah I I don't I don't have the, uh, the labor force participation rate for the twenty five to fifty four because that's also complicated by a second thing that goes on with the January household numbers, which is they change the they, they improve the measurement but the but the numbers from January 2024 on are not strictly comparable to the numbers before. So when, so the change from December to January every year in the household numbers is looking at the December number was calculated by, with one set of population data to, to, to turn the survey results into the, to the overall results. And the January one is, was a different one. And so they're not. The, the change from one to the other is, it includes a, an artifact of the upgrading of the, the improving every January of the measurement of the population that you use to benchmark the survey numbers. There's only about 65,000 households in the household survey. And, right. and you blow that up to the millions of jobs. Right, right. It's a big deal, folks. Yeah, I'm sorry we're complicated. Chad, you help us. Without you, it'd be even more complicated. So we're thankful. You know that there's weird statistical things going on, but you also know that these, when you cut through that, these are good results. These are good results. And folks should feel good about that and feel optimistic. There are a lot of things to feel good about, but this is something we can. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Remember, we were expecting a recession for the longest time. In yeah. Time. Yeah. And I think one of the big economists, was it Cudlow or somebody, had to eat crow on that, I think. Somebody came on, I don't call me on that, I've been Cudlow, but somebody had to eat crow, say, because they were people who thought, oh, this is going to be terrible. They said, I might have been wrong about that. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I saw Cudlow uh, right. say something along that. I worked for him for once. Oh, really? I was on leave from Swarthmore College, and I was at the Office of Management and Budget in 1980-81. And first under the Carter administration, and then under the Reagan administration, and my boss changed from changed to Larry Kudlow 
for the uh, for the second half of that little stint. Okay. I mean, it was interesting. I'm sure it would. <laughs> but good for him, because I, I saw him say, this is good news. <laughs> you can't tell it any other way. Man, really, you can't spin it another way. Chad, as always, we appreciate you. Pitches and catchers report in a week or two. Phillies, how you feel about your Phillies? They'll contend. <laughs> and as the Dodgers buy up everything. Yes. The person that's available. Yes. Yeah, it'll be. It's, but look, as we saw, none of that means anything in this new playoff structure. If you're hot. If, exactly. And you're a number one seed and you got to sit out a week, doesn't pay. If somebody's going in hot, you can't sit still. So they yeah. might have. They're probably going to have to adjust that. You can win. The Dodgers can win 162 games. And then it's sitting home. And then the Texas Rangers. What? So, yeah, yep. just have to be aware of that. Yeah, that's baseball, right? Really? It certainly is. It certainly is. It certainly is. All right, buddy. Thanks, as always. Sit on budget.org. Folks, Chad Stone with January Jobs Report. Thank you, Chad. You're welcome. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand. And above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love. And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.